Welcome back to Parkside Chat. In addition to the cool new musical intro, Season 2 will be jam-packed with even more thrilling, show-stopping, entertaining, yet informative episodes about the groundbreaking work we are doing here in EPCUSD 401. So many fantastic things have happened over the summer, and we are going to catch you up right now. I'm your host, Jess Ivanelli, and with me I have the man of the hour who has still not given me a budget to update my recording studio, Superintendent Dr. Nicholas Wade. Are you ready for another year of unparalleled podcasting? I think show-stopping isn't the right way to say it. It should be like show-canceling. Oh, stop. No <laughs> one's canceling this show. No. Not too many people like it. Yeah, right. It's, we've got a lot of downloads we going on. We just don't out. reflect it in your budget. No, you definitely do not. All right, so why don't you start by refreshing our memory as to some of the amazing initiatives and district-wide changes that have occurred. Obviously, we've had uh, quite a few things happen. Uh, last year, we did have our middle and high school uh, go one-to-one. That's obviously something we've been working on for the last few years and providing you know training professional development for our staff, doing some community outreach efforts uh, to better educate the parents about what that blending learning experience will be. Um, so that's been a very exciting time last year. Like I especially loved it Like on that first day of, of Chromebook pickup when you actually got to see just the look on like you know the student especially the parents' faces, like when they were able to get it. Because for a lot of them, it was the first time they ever even had a device to take home. And those faces were still there even this year for Chromebook Pickup. This year went a lot quicker, I'm sure, as most of you experienced. And all of our new students coming in were just so excited to be able to get these devices because their school districts didn't provide them. Yeah, it's, it's been a huge positive, and it's great to kind of get that you know type of feedback and reception from everyone. We also started you know our big construction project at the middle school, which... <laughs> It's, of course, extraordinarily visible to anyone uh, who even just, like, you know, quickly breezes by the block. So There's no quickly breezing by that block. All right, let's not get technical about the whole thing anymore. Like, But that's been pretty exciting to kind of see. I know we're um, only one summer into it where they've done a lot of work on the inside of the existing building and, and trying to get, like, the foundation laid up for the additional gym as well as the new wing. So I think over the fall, people are going to be really excited to kind of see that start taking shape because at least it'll be quite visible to everyone so that's more than what it is now okay. i saw it in Fine. your eyes it was in my eyes I, I yeah i knew where you're going with that i'm just wondering if that trailer outside can then become my podcasting studio when this is all over i don't think that <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll edit that out so other things like the board approved our full day kindergarten program so that's going to go live for next year so we'll be preparing everyone for that and i think that's going to be a great exciting time We've definitely also grossly expanded our student services department. We've really um, added a lot of personnel, programming, and resources to help um, all students. You know, it doesn't matter if they, they do or do not have an IEP, a 504, or um, they have a bilingual EL designation. Like, we have really done a lot for students, and we look forward to continuing to grow. And we've also, I believe this year, we're implementing our, we're away from piloting, but now we're broadly implementing our new social-emotional learning curriculum throughout all the grade levels to insist in all those endeavors. Shout out to Kylene Koya and the Social Justice League for all of their help with that situation. So We should probably encourage I people hope. to go back and actually look at the, the podcast. There was a podcast. Capes a fantastic were involved. podcast. Capes yes. were involved. You can't Cape, see those. Capes were worn. You can hear them. You can hear them. Um, so these are all fantastic things we've done, but what challenges still lie ahead? Well, we definitely, um, I think the biggest thing out there that everyone is aware of is the fact that we need to really figure out what we're going to do for our aging elementary buildings because, I mean, with them around 100 years old, whether you want to give or take, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. We're kind of past now a coat of paint. 
And I think, you know, that's been obviously a lot of common feedback, not just from our staff, but the parents. And, and I mean, just walking through the building, there's definitely a lot to do. We've identified not only like what, you know, aesthetics things we like to do to make sure we have a modern learning environment for our students and staff, but also just like in terms of the life safety or, you know, say the guts of the building, what we have to do, it's extraordinarily sizable. I mean, just to, just to renovate and, and perform all those life safety measures, we're talking solid 55 million, which means it could always go more. And that doesn't include a new studio for me. I'm just gonna keep bringing that back until you answer. Um, so I, I think I did answer in this year's budget. Not clear enough. I didn't see it. Not there. clear enough. With all of these upcoming challenges, how are we keeping the community informed and involved? So what we did was we did hire a consulting firm that assists school districts in these efforts. So that way we have something that's basically a, a third party approach. So that way it's not something that's influenced by the school district in any way. So even though, you know, for those who attend, they see me there, I'm really there just to kind of answer any questions. It's really more um, being facilitated by the firm and really participated by like any community stakeholder who's willing to attend. So we've had quite a number of those engagement efforts. Um, we've had a couple of surveys out there. I think we've received a lot of good feedback, especially a lot of reaffirming feedback um, in terms of people recognizing our successes but also realizing uh, what our challenges are in terms of moving forward. And also our efforts in communicating this process the entire way. Yes, um, and that's always good to know, especially when those who attend the engagement sessions are, you know, essentially people who do not have kids um, enrolled in our district. So you know then it's getting out there, and it's, especially at these engagement sessions, we've had a lot of participation from those um, types of community members, and I, I think that kind of shows that we have definitely reached out there. People are aware that we are looking at what are we going to be doing in terms of addressing these facility challenges that we have, especially in terms of funding. I mean, it's, it, I've not heard anything negative. Um, I think usually whenever I heard someone say, well, I wasn't aware, and then we say, well, there was a flyer mailed, and I was told then, oh, well, I threw that out. Well, I can't control that. So, but it's, at least everyone knows that they have received it in some way, shape, or form. You're not in charge of what gets thrown out and what doesn't? That's not in the job description? Uh, well, depends who you ask, right? That's true. Okay, so on June 6th, um, I posted on the website our phase one work that the consulting firm had been doing. What are some of the highlights and the feedback provided by the community and who participated in this process for phase one? I should probably say, you know, for all phases, we have all stakeholders are, are participating in this. And I think we are getting a nice, which is always important as we're kind of having this type of conversation, that we are getting a fair representation for all the different groups within the community. And I think that's very much true. We're not just talking about ideology. We're even talking about, let's say, participation, current or historical within the district, you know, I mean, we've really been able to include a number of different groups. The phase one, that was more of an open-ended survey. So it's kind of like you can share as much to your heart's content, you know, about, you know, what we're doing well, the challenges we face, and what would you really like to see for the future of the district? Um, I think it really also came at an important time because as a district, we have done a lot that people have been asking for for years, years. years. And to me, as I've been communicating, you know, to the public, to the board, to anyone who's willing to listen, believe it or not, there are people who are willing to listen. <laughs> and um, so there are, you know, but they actually say that, you know, um, they're listening to you. What are they, they are. listening to? Well, I'm snapping it. You're just, 
I stopped you, listening to you. You got most of This is what happens. But anyway, like, now that we've been able to accomplish all these different things, so that now we're finally at that point where it's like, what are the new expectations that the community has? Because we're definitely seeing a change in our community. I'm not talking about demographically. We're really seeing it in terms of, like, let's say philosophy like what should these schools actually look like what's really also leading that it's not just like you know what's changing in general or by osmosis it's also we have a lot of people who are moving in from other areas around the chicago area and they're coming here they've already been exposed to different school systems and they want to see some of those elements come here so this was a great opportunity to see what they feel we're doing well but what else we need to do I've been in this district for 13 years, and year one. 13, you say? I know, that's a lot of years. My first group of seniors that I taught in first grade graduated last year. Shout mm. out to the class of last wow. year. Wow. I know, old. Wow. They, they stay the same age. I get older. Anyway, it's okay. I, re- I, I think I made people feel bad yesterday on Institute Day. I don't know if anyone heard, but like when we were given the 20 year service awards, I said, huh, I was a freshman. That's embarrassing. Just, <laughs> just stop. So, my whole train of thought was we were talking about full time kindergarten. The second year that I was working in the district in 2008, we also every year became uh, sixth grade moving to the middle school, sixth grade moving to the middle school, because it just kept being said, but nothing moved forward. So it's exciting for me to now see all these things that we had been talking about for so long. Yeah, and and I mentioned this a lot, like with the technology initiative, I think why that almost was so important for, I think, everyone involved was like, this was an instance of where the district really followed through on something. Um, Obviously, I'm only starting my seventh year. But every historian out there, like within the community, likes to really share about all these different types of false starts. Or then there's a sense of confusion about what happened. And I, I, I don't take offense by this, but it's amazing how many people, whether it's uh, staff members or parents, who will often say with the tech initiative, oh, it, it, it actually happened. And, yes. and, I, and I completely understand the context, but we've also been able to follow through on a whole bunch of other things, like whether that's related to you know student services, uh, realizing full day kindergarten, finally having curriculum alignment throughout the grades, bringing honors or high school credit classes for really for the first time within the middle school, expanding upon electives. We've done a lot that we said we were going to do as far back as three years ago. And and we are, you know, depending on you know, some a little bit faster than others, but we've been able to realize it. So we're I hashtag think, moving forward. We're hashtag moving forward. And I think like in that phase one though, that really came across. So like in terms of what we're successful in doing, thank God there were three things that I also you know, you know were able to name, and it was that people really have um, a lot of faith within our staff. It's about also like what the changes that we made to our curriculum instruction, and that also kind of goes with the technology angle of it. Because obviously with that, we also were able to kind of go to you know, the online curriculum systems, which gives us way more resources and updates than, than just a physical book. Because fun fact, paper does not update itself. No. I know. I know. Science. Science. Um, but then uh, also has been the district communication. And I think that's been a big thing because we have done a lot, whether it's the community conversations, the newsletters, the podcast, the website, Twitter. the newspaper articles, Twitter. Um, I know everyone got those you know, reminders. Um, I think we've done a lot where, you know, again, it kind of goes to, you know, you know, you essentially can choose what you want to do with the information or whether you wish to read it. But it's definitely getting out there that people are not, you know, essentially feeling like, they're unclear about what's transpiring within the district, so we felt that was pretty good. So again, hashtag moving forward. Towards the end of June, phase two work began, starting with a community engagement survey in which potential individual projects were discussed. Can you please elaborate on this process? 
So from all the feedback that we received from the community about what they would like to see kind of happen, like, you know, it was really important for us to have an idea about what are some additional projects that people would like to see, whether that's in terms of facilities or programming, beyond just talking about the elementary buildings. And so there were about 10 different potential individual projects, and I could talk about that in a moment. Then the other part of it was, here are three different types of like logistical scenarios, like along with cost estimates, like from renovating the two existing elementary buildings to rebuilding both of them and, and just merging them into one new building. Then also it was getting into like feedback from everyone about what they thought about funding levels, what they're willing, you know, what their appetite is for that, their favorability towards the district, as well as um, other ideas like such as the grade centers. So what were some of these potential individual projects? Those projects, so there were 10, um, and it was funny because as we were kind of sharing this, some people kind of had some immediate feelings about them, but we hear this, we need to really explore about what the appetite as well as the feasibility are for all these potential projects. So like there were STEM labs, but I think it's also kind of coming from the work we're doing at the middle and the high school about what we're doing for modern science labs. Now, modern science labs within the, within the elementaries, I mean, that's a little bit more complicated because you traditionally don't see that. It, it doesn't mean we can't have it, but that's something you don't really traditionally see. But it also, we got a lot of feedback when, when people were filling out the survey that they were kind of merging the STEM lab idea with the trades and manufacturing center, with, which was another one. So people were kind of merging those two into like, are we going to have career pathways for kids and, and that type of idea. Then there was about updating music rooms, the field house, um, and updated athletic fields, which has always kind of been around out there. I was really kind of surprised that both the music and the field house, in terms of, let's say, um, importance or enthusiasm, were actually pretty low from all the responses we received. Safety and security upgrades, that's always going to be a high point for anyone. It's always going to be about safety and security. What more can we do? Uh, Social-emotional health, that was something that was really, um, I was kind of happy to see that people are recognizing its importance and what we can do about that. ADA accessibility, which people kind of merged with the idea of actually willing to do something to the buildings. Full-day preschool came out pretty strong, and, and that I really am looking forward to hearing more from the community about in these next phases. Um, like, where are they just looking for, you know, full-day preschool for all? Are they looking for just the ability to do it? Because when you start offering full-day preschool, there's a lot of different things that have to go into it. Now you, now you have to actually meet certain types of building codes, school codes, and that type of thing, which the Earl Childhood Center w- would not have met at all. So it's kind of one of those things where if we, if that was something the community wanted us to explore, what, what would that look like? Because then we got to talk about... Is there going to be a tuition rate? To what extent? To what point does the district kind of eat those operating costs? So I think that's going to be a more of a uh, full-throated discussion uh, for sure as we move forward. Then there was the swimming pool. and Well, I'm not going to talk about the swimming pool. That's just, I, I, that, that is a small fortune and a half. And then you have a wellness center, which people are kind of merging with social-emotional health because it's about how can we extend those services to families as well. And so, I mean, there are pros and cons to each of them which can be found on the website, will be at our engagement sessions, but um, it's, it's really interesting to kind of see what the initial list was, what the feedback has been, and where we'll be kind of going with it. So those are the individual projects that were on the survey. What are the potential infrastructure solutions for this whole thing? Well, though, yeah, that becomes a lot more muddied. So you have the three options, as I said before. Let's do the low-hanging fruit one, which is renovating the two current elementary buildings. 
Uh, we know that's going to be a good $55 million for sure, and there are pros and cons of that. You know, you're basically repairing 200-year-old buildings. Like, that's only going to get you so far, and, you know, it doesn't really have the same type of long-term... Uh, longevity. Yeah, let's go with that. The longevity. Sounds good. Good, good job. Thanks. You might get that studio yet. Yes! Uh, with the longevity... You know, I mean, for the, the strength of the facilities, let's say. So, I mean, there's a lot there to repair in both those buildings. You're basically tearing them all up. And I think that's going to be an interesting conversation for, for some people. I would hate to see the community come back to the same conversation 15 years from Because I feel like, then what are we doing, essentially, with that? That's the big, I think, conversation we got to wrestle through with renovating. And then we have the building two new buildings at each of the elementary locations and and there are some harsh realities about that first is the cost like we're talking for sure north of 90 million dollars like i mean to me personally and we'll let the community see what they feel but that does not feel like a great use of taxpayer money and also just logistically speaking there's not enough site capacity and i think what would be important for everyone is just drive by L Middle School and look at how much space that's taken up just to do that project. So imagine that same thing happening over at John Mills or Elmwood Elementary. And, I mean, you're basically now getting to the conversation of we may even would have to like look at like procuring you know some prop other surrounding property, and that becomes a whole other different type of conversation altogether. And so if you're building two new buildings, you're you're having to take property at both. At both places for sure and then you get into the the third option which was just building one new building at one location for all the elementary students that's something that's actually a lot more common outside the state of illinois not so much within illinois but hey illinois continues to be a different beast than a lot of other states altogether so you know continue that trend there's definitely a lot of advantages to that in terms of like bringing the students together for collaboration increased student options and personalizing individual instruction and and managing those class sizes um, but you know if you have the construction of one new building that's a far more efficient use of space and an optimal instructional layouts and and of course it just reduces long-term maintenance and infrastructure and that one's kind of in between the cost of that's really in between renovating as well as building two new buildings it'd be like I think we put around 75 million I don't think we really exceed that but those are our three options right now the funding levels has been kind of an interesting conversation because one of the questions was about like you know what are you looking for in terms of your tax impact and it was basically 550 750 or 800 dollars based off the median home value of 235 thousand dollars and we had an overwhelming amount of um support for minimum and mid-level funding which is basically 550 to 750 you know a year on the average home so i think there's a lot there we can accomplish with that um what already the feedback we've been getting from a lot of people is they definitely want to see something that's visible. So, you know, maybe I, I don't want to simplify it, but I, I'm kind of happy. It's like, you know, what's the shiny object? You know, like you can just renovate buildings. It's not particularly shiny. You know, so what do you want to see kind of come out of that? And that kind of where I think those other individual projects come from or the new construction angle really kind of factors into a lot of people's conversations. So far, we've had um, at least a, a net positive response to increasing um, the property tax. So for the last, what feels like a very long time of discussion that has been occurring. Surprisingly, this was shorter than what I did in this. Okay. I know, it was. Thank you for that. Um, 
we've been doing a lot in Elmwood Park, and I guess what is important is how supported we are by our community and what our favorability is. That was something that actually, it really made me smile, which... That never happens. It doesn't. It doesn't. I, I really was smiling. At, Did it hurt? Um, <laughs> Sorry, keep going. These are new muscles. I don't know <laughs> what they are. <laughs> so I think, um, well, one of the big questions was, like, you know, what's your favorability towards the school district? And, it, you know, it was about a Likert scale, you know, from high favorables to low favorable, and then you have a no opinion. So we had about 70% say they had a favorable opinion of the school district, which anyone should be extremely happy, and it was always good to kind of hear that. That response has beat out a lot of other districts who pursued you know, some sort of referendum, and I think with um, what's really exciting about that is then looking at the other 30%, because, you know, 14% had no opinion, which I, I don't know how to take, I'm going to take it. I, I you have no opinion. Yeah, I go, meh, 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 meh. So, I get it. Uh, so, you know, but then the 16% in terms of, like, a neg- uh, unfavorable opinion, almost every one of those respondents either currently or never had students within our district. You know, so at least for people who know what we're about, what we're providing, you know, there is an overwhelming amount of support from those parents. So I, I think that's that's fantastic, I think, to hear. And I think we just need to thank the community, too, for participating in this because last meeting we had with the consulting firm, they were very quick to tell us how our, our participation rates are higher than that of the state. Yes. So, like, that was that was a pretty cool statistic that they threw out there was that, you know, the number that they looked for to have a valid statewide poll on anything, we had a higher turnout for. So, I mean, so we that I think that shows even more about how how aware and responsive all community members are about about what we're trying to pursue um, with, with this district in terms of what our future may be. So that always makes me also at least feel comfortable that it's out there because, again, we had a pretty even distribution in terms of those involved and what those particular, let's say, you know, sub-demographics are for each respondent. So I feel very positive that we have a, a pretty good picture about what the people's viewpoint of the district actually, you know, actually is, and they're providing feedback on, on, on how we should proceed further. And please continue to do so through the rest of our phases of this. Yes, we definitely have a couple more phases. So, like, you know, the next phase that's going to be really important is we're going to take the results of what, what that menu survey, those 10 individual projects, the funding, and what we're going to be moving forward on is, like, a little bit more of a detailed scenarios based on what the feedback. And, of course, what are the financial and just the actual, let's say, construction logistics of, of doing everything because some of it would be a nightmare and a half. Like, for example, to build two new schools. You want me to walk you through that? Where do the kids go? <laughs> oh, well, that, but I, I think that's really important that we need In to kind of, like, explain. So imagine if we built two new schools. Like, this would be almost the way to go. I would actually have to go to the village who, you know, I should stress, they are supportive very much of our district and things that we're doing. That we would have to take John Mills Elementary, still take some X number of, of other surrounding properties, build a new school over there while John Mills would still be in session. And then once that new building uh, just right next to John Mills is ready to, uh, ready to house students, we would move all the students at Elmwood Elementary over to that new building at John Mills. And then we would tear down the existing Elmwood Elementary building and rebuild a new one. And then once that's done, then we would move over the Elmwood students again then tear down the old John Mills and move the John Mills students over to the new building. 
you lost me at the first movie. Well, Students I mean, there's a lot there. Like, and you're just saying they're going, yeah, I don't know how responsive individuals would be about that. Um, just with the, what, and that would take quite a few years. Like, that would be a five to six year plan. So, like, you know, here's like even the duration of what these projects are. Like, if we did the renovations, that would be three full summers. And then if we did building one new building, which you could still have school and everything else, right. like that would take probably a good four years to, to accomplish. And then, but these two new buildings and everything that would go into it, you're talking four to six years. Pending weather. <laughs> well, Don't yeah, the forget. weather has not been our friend for no, sure. No, it is not. Well, as you can see, we have a lot going on here in Elmwood Park. Many changes have occurred in the past few years, and there are more to come. But we are not just making these changes for publicity or attention. Or, reminder, new studio. <laughs> Everything we do here in Elmwood Park is for our students and your children, ensuring that we are preparing them for the demands of the 21st century. Check out our station often for new and exciting stories about our district, and thank you for all you do for our community, district, and students. Until we meet next time, that is that for the Parkside Chat. Oh, thank you.